Hello. Welcome to The Legend of Beowulf. Chapter 1, in which Beowulf is only mentioned at the end. For many years the Kingdom of Denmark had flourished under the rule of a multitude of great leaders. Many, many years ago, the king, skilled Schofing, ruled and was feared and respected by all. All of the clans of Denmark, those of the sea and those of the land, gave tribute to him and recognised him as a great ruler. In time he was a great king. So great was he that the Danes were sometimes known as the Skildings. Others knew them as the Ring Danes. Skild had a son called Beowulf. Now, given the name of the chapter, you probably realise that this is not the Beowulf of the story. Beowulf the Dane, though, was a great man and a fine warrior. It was realised by the people of Denmark that their fine king would have an equally fine heir. Of course, nobody lives forever, and Skild, by then a very old man, died. It was clear that a man such as this deserved a good send-off into the afterlife, and boy did he get one. A ship was built, adorned with treasures from many countries near and far. It was fitted out with glorious weapons, becoming of a great warrior king. Swords, armour, shields, spears and everything else filled the deck. High on the mast was fixed a gold signum. Skilled was lain on this magnificent vessel by the king's people, with much sorrow, but with gratitude for his leadership. The Skildings let the floods take him. Beowulf the Dane became king and led his people well. After him came his son, Hilfdeen. Hilfdeen had four children, Herogar, Hrothgar, Halgar the Good and Ursula. Hrothgar was the greatest of the children of Hilfdeen. So glorious and numerous were his victories in battle that all of his friends and kinsmen gladly obeyed him. Soon he had a great company of men around him, good, honest and powerful warriors all. It occurred to Hrothgar that this magnificent horde deserved a magnificent hall. Hrothgar ordered the construction of a mead hall. After all, if you're going to have a great hall, you may as well drink mead in it and have banquets and parties that surpass all others. The hall was built. All would be welcome to the gatherings in it. Except slaves, of course. This was the ancient world, after all. Builders came from far and wide, and when it was done, it certainly was the greatest of all halls. Hrothgar called his new mead hall Herot, which means the Hall of the Stag. Hrothgar was as good as his word. The parties were magnificent, and glorious gifts were given to all those who attended. Attendees received beautiful rings and bracelets. How Hrothgar paid for all this is not mentioned. Every day, Herot was filled with singing, lute-playing, laughter and revelry. Poets gave great renditions of verses, telling of the origins of man and how God had formed the earth and the sun and made all things, how he created the animals and gave them limbs and leaves or whatever else they needed in order to live. They sang about how God gave each plant and each creature life, whether it fluttered in the breeze or crawled along the ground, whether it flew through the air or walked the earth. So the company of men, under their great king, lived a careless and fun life. There didn't seem to be any enemies to fight, and so they partied and enjoyed themselves. And why not? If you're so great you have no foes, you might as well enjoy yourself. But of course, it couldn't last. There was one being who couldn't bear the sounds of revelry emanating from the mighty party palace. There was one being whose very soul was evil and could never bear the happiness of good people. There was one being who thought, above all other thoughts he may have, that the fine times had to stop. This being was called Grendel. 
Grendel was a monster. It's not recorded exactly what type of beast he was, but it is known that he lived in the land of the unhappy monsters. Apparently, the monsters were part of the family of Cain, who in the old traditions of Western religions had killed his brother Abel. God had taken vengeance on them all and cast them out. Ogres, giants, zombies and various other creatures lived in this misbegotten world. It seems rather unfair to dismiss the entire family of one bad man as evil, but there it is. Grendel sought out Herot, the fine hall of the Skildings. He found it through the sounds of revelry, and found in it many nobles asleep after their feasting. Rage forced itself up within him, and he struck quickly. Without a second thought, he killed and then picked up thirty of the Ringdane warriors. His strength such that thirty were no burden. The monster carried them back to his home. There, he tore them apart and ate them. When dawn broke, it was clear what had happened. Thirty men were missing, and there was a lot of blood and guts around. Hrothgar and the rest of his men were sickened with grief. Traces, maybe footprints, showed their new foe was not a small being. All hoped that this was a one-off attack from a hungry beast. Their hopes were not realised. The next night brought more horrors. More warriors were taken. It would have seemed sensible for Hrothgar to have placed some sentries around to warn of the approach of this clearly very angry, hungry and massive monster, but it seems that this didn't happen. Perhaps they found sleeping quarters away from the hall itself, but that wasn't enough. Their enemy was too powerful and wasn't going to be put off by people sleeping in places other than Herot. After this second attack, they stayed away. The Great Hall of the Skildings no longer had any Skildings in it. Hrothgar was devastated. So, now Grendel was the ruler of Herot and the lands. No one dared enter the Great Hall while the monster stood over them. For twelve years the Skildings endured this occupation. Sorrow and grief of all kinds were visited on them as the angry monster's temper and bloodlust did not improve. Songs of grief were written which told of how Grendel had visited his wrath on Hrothgar and the terrible deeds of the monster throughout the years of outrage and persecution. There were no thoughts of peace in the mind of the monster towards Hrothgar or any of the other Ringdanes. Men did not know when Grendel would seek them out find them, and then eat them. The misty moorland became a place of terror for everyone. At night, Grendel feasted in the Hall of the Skildings, and then rested there, readying himself for more slaughter. The Council of the Danes had to meet elsewhere, and they found a safe place. Together, they sought to plan a way of defeating the terrible being who had devastated their people. All they could come up with, though, was a plan to pray, and pray, and pray. So this they did. They prayed as if it was going out of fashion. Sometimes they even offered dodgy sacrifices if only God would come to their aid and rid them of the monster in their midst. Clearly they were not thinking straight. Clearly they were looking more to the dark side. Unsurprisingly, they got no divine intervention. Hrothgar, son of Hilfdin, suffered great sorrow. He couldn't live with the terrible situation his countrymen and their lands were enduring. The feud had been too cruel and too long-lasting. How were the Skildings to rid themselves of the monstrous Grendel? This was the worst of nightmares, a terrible affliction for a great king. It was clear that Hrothgar and his Ringdanes were out of ideas. Hope and salvation would have to come from elsewhere. Not far away from the land of the Danes was the land of a people called the Geats. They resided in the southern part of what we now know of as Sweden. 
The king of the Geats had been a great man called Hrethel. In a curious parallel with the family of Hilfdeen, Hrethel had four children. The eldest son was called Herobald, and the second named Hathkin. In the land of the Skildings, it was the second son he became king, but in the land of the Geats, it was the third. His name was Hygelac. In the slightly sexist world of the ancients, the name of the daughter is not known. It is known, though, that she married a man called Ejthiau, and they had a son. Hygelac also had a son, Hedred, and a daughter, again, one whose name is not recorded. The songs of the devastation of the Ringdanes and the loss of Hirot to the monster were carried across the lands. Before long, they reached the land of Hygelac and his followers. The Geats grieved for the suffering of the Danes. Hygelac's followers included a young man who had more strength than any of his other warriors. That man was the son of the daughter, still sadly unnamed to us, of Herethel. The nephew of the king heard of the troubles. Can none of the Ringdanes rid themselves of this monster? he asked. It seems, said one of his men, that Herot, the great feasting hall, is now a place of terror, and the Skildings have no answer to the monster. The king's nephew thought that if anyone could help, he could. He asked if he could lead a party of warriors over the sea to help their Danish comrades. King Hygelac agreed. A great wave cutter, a ship of the sea, was ordered to be built. When it was constructed, it was a mighty vessel fit for a prince to go on a quest to avenge the Danes. The great warrior, nephew of the king, picked the men who would accompany him, the fiercest around. When he had finished choosing, he had fourteen men, without doubt the best. Many of the wisest of the Geats tried to persuade him not to go on this incredibly dangerous mission. The prince took no notice and led his mighty bands to the seashore. There they boarded the ship and headed for the land of the Ringdanes. The prince was a mighty warrior, but he was also a very skilled sailor, and none doubted he'd reach his destination safely. The journey was not easy. The ocean was wavy and rough, but the vessel rode the waves like a bird rides the air. The vengeance party rode the waves with her, as did the bright chainmail coats and other fine weapons and armour. Soon, as the sun rose on the second day of the voyage, they saw steep cliffs and mountains behind them. Before too long, the Geats were nearing the land. The rope was chucked ashore and they stepped onto solid earth, carrying their chain mail and their battle kits. When they were safely ashore, they prayed and gave thanks. Before long, they were accosted by a watchman, posted on the coast to look out for enemy arrivals. He looked at the fine craft and the small number of warriors and decided they didn't really look like enemies. He was curious, though, to know who they were. The man of Hrothgar did his duty. He rode down to the shore and shook his spear. Strangers, you have steered your ship to our shore. You have rowed the sea lanes and arrived in the land of Hrothgar. I must ask who you are. No foreigners have landed in Denmark to do us harm since I have been the lookout, but you have come ashore openly. You may not be welcome here, as you have had no invitation from Hrothgar. He looked at the king's nephew, the leader of the party. I have to admit I've never seen a mightier-looking warrior than you, my helmeted lord. You have the head of a hero and the finest armour. You are clearly no hall-dweller. But I'll have your names now, please, and those of your ancestors, or you will be declared spies in the land of Denmark. Say where you come from and why you are here. The captain stepped forward. We come from the land of the Geats. We are the hearth companions and members of the court of King Hygelac. 
My father was known as Ejthiao, who was a fighter who led from the front, famous among many nations. All the wise men in the world will remember him. My mother is the sister of King Hygelac himself. The big man paused, and then continued seriously. We are here to seek your lord, the son of Hilfdin, the guardian of your people. We've come to provide the Shepherd of the Danes a great service, and I am happy to explain the nature of that service. If the Song of the Danes, which we have heard in Geatland, are true, then there is an enemy among the Skildings which is causing your land great horror. There is slaughter and spoils which would be hideous for any people. I have a plan for the old commander which will help him to overcome his foe. At the moment he is living in lamentable times, which will last as long as Hirot Hall of Halls reaches its magnificence to the skies. I want to relieve him of this. The Coast Guard looked at the massive armoured man. He spoke. You are both sharp-witted and skilled in words. I accept your explanation and I will guide you. My men will look after your ship. We will protect it against any enemy. The lookout led the Geats, marching briskly with the helmet of the Geats sparkling with emblems of boars highly patterned and shining, adorned with gold. He brought them to the home of the king. The radiant palace was soon in sight. Here I must leave you, said the Coast Guard. May God give you his divine help in your undertakings and bring you back safely. The band of warriors followed a stone path. Their war shirts shone. When they arrived at the hall they set down their swords and shields against the wall. They were weary from the travelling, but glad to have reached their destination. A chieftain rode out to meet them. Just as the Coast Guard had done, he inquired about their ancestry and intentions. Where are you from with your embellished shields and your fine chainmail? I am the herald for the great King Hrothgar. I have to say that I have not seen a more proud and fine band of fellows. I am guessing that it is a bold quest that brings you here. The captain answered soberly. We eat at the table of the King of the Geats, Hygelac. I set out to meet the son of Hilfdin as we have heard of his troubles. If he will meet us, I will explain it all to him in person. I am the nephew of Hygelac, and my name is Beowulf. Next time, we'll see what happens when Beowulf takes on the monster. Until then, have a great couple of weeks, and I'll speak to you next time. <laughs>